St. Louis Cardinals at Milwaukee Brewers, Tuesday night, August 9th, Miller Field, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Maybe if you chug down enough brewskis and wolf down enough brats and even pound that soft serve, it's possible to achieve the big O, having Lyle overpaid as your hero and the Milwaukee Brewers as your one and only. But this team is a far cry from the famed brew crew of Molitor, Yount, Ogilvy, Cooper, and Gorman Thomas in the days of yore. It would be tough calling home the monstrous dark green steel retractable domed space age Miller Field, incomplete with its lack of drink holders, auxiliary scoreboards with relevant information and ventilation, which could help the somewhat somnambulant audience at this Miller Theater breathe instead of holding their breath, waiting for the brewers to mount even a hint of a rally. Hey, bud, can you spare a dime? Yet even on this lackluster club, there are some bright spots. A talented keystone duo of young shortstop Bill Hall, whose favorite all-time player is Ozzie Smith. And the even younger Ricky Weeks. Wicky Weeks, as the young special announcer child said on the PA at second base, who recently replaced J.J. Hardy, another talented but weaker-hitting rookie. There is the magnificent Carlos Lee already with 91 runs batted in, and now the big bopper of Milwaukee instead of being one of many on the White Sox. Disgruntled Jeff Jenkins shifted from right field to left field this year. Looked like it wasn't very interesting for him to spend another season without a pennant race. He went 0 for 3, moping when his hotliner to first was caught in the seventh and badly missed playing Grudzelanek's liner to right, letting it by him for two bases. A compassionate official scorer kindly didn't charge him with an error on the play. The hulking Lyle Overbay overpaid, his faithful fan club holding up hundreds of O's in left field chanting, Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Lyle didn't even get a ball out of the infield all night, including a game-ending little roller to second. When all was said and done, Milwaukee managed only three hits in the game. Their problems included St. Louis starting right-hander Antonio Reyes making his first big league start. He of the striped Red Sox. Reyes was very impressive and amazingly poised. He toyed with the Brewer hitters, firing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs, striking out five with an assortment of sinkers, sliders, and slow curves. He only walked one man, pinch hitter Helms, leading off the sixth. Both hits he surrendered were in the second when the Brewers overcame a one nothing deficit. In the first, the Cards had pushed across a run, one with one out to Gucci, poked a double to right, and after Pujols was walked for the first of three times, and Grudzelanek batting fourth in a decimated Cardinal lineup, got the RBI with an infield ground out. In the Milwaukee second, the powerful Lee lined a hard single to left and went to second on a wild pitch after Jenkins bounced out. Hall came up. He has a terse, potent-looking stance, which contrasts with his calm demeanor. His double play partner, Weeks, also looks interesting at the plate, wiggling his bat exactly like Gary Sheffield. This time, 
Hall uncoiled on a raised mistake down the heart of the plate, sending a 400-foot blast deep into the left field seats for a 2-1 to lead. At this point, the question became, how can La Russa and the Cardinals score runs with a lineup missing Larry Walker, Reggie Sanders, Scott Rowland, three starters all on the DL, and even Jim Edmonds also sitting this one out with various aches and pains? Add the additional obstacle of left-handed Milwaukee starter Doug Davis, and one is hard to press to imagine how this club will score. The Brewers agreed, avoiding Pujols most of the night by walking him and challenging a ragtag assortment of guys named Seabol, Luna, and Mahoney to get him home. This worked well until the fourth. The Brewers were still holding on for dear life to their slim 2-1 to lead, St. Louis stranding runners every inning. The Brewers did it all without their manager, Ned Yost, who got tossed in the second arguing a balk call on Davis, who stepped awkwardly in between home and first on his pickoff attempt on Luna. Perhaps Yost was trying to inspire his charges with his emotional outburst, but it had no visible effect. Meanwhile, Reyes mowed down 11 Brewers in a row and never gave up another hit after Hall's blast. He could be a good one. One mistake in a rookie's debut performance lets the cards revel in dreams of another dominant starter to join Carpenter, Morris, and Mulder in an already potent pitching core. In the sixth, St. Louis broke through on journeyman left-hander Davis. Taguchi's second hit, followed by the perfunctory walking of Pujols, set up the clutch single by Grudzelanix, seemingly miscast with six homers as a cleanup hitter, but hot lately with seven RBIs in his last two games. That tied it up and set the stage for the first of two dramatic and revealing moments in the game. After Seabol fanned, young left-handed slugger Rodriguez, trying to fill some pretty big shoes in the lineup, stepped to the plate. He had spent seven years toiling in the Yankees' minor league system, putting up big numbers, but stuck behind people like Matsui and Sheffield. Finally freed by being sent to St. Louis, he still couldn't break in because of Walker and Sanders. Now he had his chance due to injury and he was making the most of it, batting 300 and slugging 570 over the last month. But he hadn't definitively shown that he could handle left-handed pitching. Tonight he had struck out and bounced weakly to first. Davis got him in a hole one and two, and after fouling one to the left side, Rodriguez went with the lefty's next outside corner pitch and grounded it through the hole between short and third to give the cards a 3-2 lead, which was the score till the eighth. This game was speckled with occasional wonderful fielding plays. Milwaukee third baseman Brannion made a beauty on Eckstein's game-opening bunt and robbed Mahoney to prevent additional damage in the Cardinal two-run sixth. Milwaukee catcher Moeller, like Mahoney in offensive liability, gunned out Luna trying to steal third in the second when the Cards were trying to manufacture runs out of nothing. Center fielder Clark threw his whole body into trying to cut down people at the plate but couldn't quite succeed. All in all, the Brewer defense was pretty impressive, including a clever clever pivots by Weeks on double plays in the 8th and ninth, letting runners fly by before tossing to first. The St. Louis defense was flawless and included a real nice catch by the right field wall by Luna in the 5th. In the late innings, the greater talent level and experience of the Cardinals were obvious. The second tense moment of the game involved super sub Nunez batting for Cebo in the 8th with Grudzelanik at 2nd after a double and 1 out. Milwaukee called on a left-hander, Eveland, to cause switch-hitting Nunez to bat righty, his less preferred side. But he acted like it didn't matter at all and stroked a liner to center field to make it 4-2. Luna's subsequent single made it 5-2, which was the final score. <laughs>
In the ninth marquee, a pitcher was sent up to pinch hit and looked better than any of the array of two twenty hitters that Milwaukee sent up late in the game. In fact, Marquis was batting three fifty and banged a clean single to center. The card bullpen featured situational lefty Flores, the nasty right-hander Tavares, and veteran closer Isringhauser. They were impeccable as usual, while the Brewers' no-name relievers were not effective other than hard-throwing Santana. The Cardinals' spare parts, Nunez, Taguchi, Rodriguez, and Luna, plus their bullpen and rookie starter Reyes, were actually better than the Brewer regulars. The dominant league champions just had way more resources. The organization seemed to produce winners all through the farm system so that the rookies coming up instantly have the ability to, to get clutch late-inning performances from day one with the parent club. The Yankees, Marlins, and Braves were other franchises that operated this high level year after year. Other perennial losers like Milwaukee, Kansas City, Colorado, and Tampa Bay don't seem like they have the resources from their organizational player pool, management, staff, or even financial situation to compete at the same level night after night, year after year. Thus, we have established winners and losers throughout baseball. Postscript. The Cardinals went all the way deep into the playoffs, but had problems because of more and more injuries. They have a great team, but Larusa, the magical manager, couldn't pull it this season out of the hat. Brewers, wait till next season. Next week, Art and the gang are homeward bound, going to Kansas City to watch the Kansas City Royals meet the Cleveland Indians. The Royals are in a bit of a slump, and the community seems to be tired of the losses. Is baseball in Kansas City a dying breed? Will the team be moving soon? Maybe Portland, or maybe even Montana. The pitchers are both hurling big heat, and maybe Lady Luck will attend the game to help curb the losing streak and spark life back into this classic club in Kansas City. Tune in next week to Art Landy's baseball trip for the concluding game of this unique road trip of baseball in Kansas City, Missouri, where the Kansas City Royals host the Cleveland Indians. Subscribe to the baseball trip at the iTunes Music Store or artlandy.com. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and fellow fans about the baseball trip at artlandy.com, where they can subscribe to Where's Art, his weekly calendar of musical performances. 